and a warm welcome to Smashing Secrets Feng Shui. We're your hosts. My name is Chloe. And I'm Joe, and we're a mother and daughter duo. This show is for all of those that are interested in Feng Shui, including those with no previous experience, but would like to learn how you can improve your life and your successes even more than you're doing already. That's right. This is the show for you because we're going to be breaking down the secrets of feng shui, making the principles much more accessible. This is so you can make your good luck better and make your bad luck smaller. And we're going to discuss how to do that with all the other interesting facts and features of feng shui and everything in between. I hope you enjoy listening. Hello. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm good. And looking forward to our new podcast. What we're we doing today? We're going to be looking at what should you not do in feng shui. Ah, that's a good question because um, everybody just normally concentrates on the good stuff. But I think um, it's a very valid point you make because when we look at yin and yang, for every positive, there's a negative. So we can't ignore the negative. Okay, well, there's a few things that spring to mind. The first thing, obviously, is in fact, the biggest thing is not to ignore feng shui. I think that would be a disaster, something not to do. But if you are prepared to take feng shui seriously, then one of the things that I think is important is to learn your Bazi chart. So you learn the the stars and the, the heavenly stems and the earthly branches for your year, month, day and hour of birth. Then when you start looking for property, either to rent or to buy or develop, make sure that none of the facing directions of the properties clash with your Barzi chart. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I guess like a lot, of, a lot of people can make the mistakes of doing that because if you're not aware of it, then you could be tapping into the energies that are actually bad for you unknowingly. Exactly. And then that can have a real big impact on all sorts of things. I mean, um, for example, you're, say somebody born year of the dog. What they should avoid is buying or renting a property that's facing a dragon direction. Oh, really? Yeah. So dragon direction would be in the southeast. Let me just get my compass and I'll tell you the exact compass directions. Got your ginormous magnifying glass yeah i don't i don't need glasses do you know um, we had somebody come into the clinic and they said um, apparently if you get to the age of 50 and you don't need glasses then you're okay and i just held up my magnifying glass <laughs> told her i don't wear glasses <laughs> no so, you just have an a4 size magnifying glass where did you get that from amazon Amazon, really? Are we allowed to say that? Yeah. So southeast one is the dragon direction, where the energy of the dog is northwest one. So they're direct opposites. So if um, somebody has got the energy, if they're born in year of the dog or if they're born in um, mid to late October, so they're month of the dog or born during day of the dog, or if they're born between 7 and 9 p.m., then they'll carry the hour of the dog. They should avoid moving into a property or developing a property that is facing southeast one. Mm. Okay, so you've got three different, if you like, flavours of energy for each direction. So, you, so you've got southeast one, southeast two, and southeast three. 
Okay. Together, they cover that whole direction. So if you're going to look directly at the southeast, you're going to be in southeast too. But if you move 15 degrees, mm, right. then you'll be in the other sector. So it's very sensitive. Yeah, I mean, ideally, yeah, I mean, ideally, you'd get a compass direction. And then you can compare that to a Chinese compass called a Lopan. And, and online, you there's loads of um, information online. So if you get the actual compass direction, I'm sure you'd be able to find out what, what the corresponding heavenly stem or earthly branch is. A Chinese compass? What's the yeah, difference? Yeah, it's called a Lopan. What's the difference between our Oh, my God. Well, a feng shui compass is... Um, Oh, how can I describe it? It measures magnetic north, but it, it has, um, as well as that information, it's got rings, like a bit like a, if you were to look at a tree trunk, you've got rings of information. So you can measure, for example, how much water was in a particular year by the growth of the tree, and it creates a mm. ring around that centre. The same for a Chinese lopan, and and you get different ones. So you've got really? different masters. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, um, in traditionally, you would have different masters and they would develop their own lopans and they would share that information in um, with their students, but they would select their students so that so not everybody would be included. So you have inner circles. And um, I guess that's why we're doing the podcast because we're smashing those secrets. We're exposing that information. I mean, I would have been excluded anyway as a woman. <laughs> so nice. it's quite funny, yeah. But a, a lopan has lots of rings around the centre and each ring will have information to do with the flying stars and to do with all, all just, I mean, all different types of ways of reading the environment, ways of, um, say, if you've got a tree, quite far away or you're looking at the gradient of a mountain and, and its location towards the property and, and the perspective of that, if there's natural water and you find the direction that natural water is in in terms of your property, that's giving the practitioner tons of information and they could be looking at all sorts of things, even grave selection. I mean, that's how feng shui originated. Yin feng shui is to do with grave selection because if you put your obviously dead relatives in an auspicious grave, their spirit will continue to bestow benevolent energies to the to the descendants. So mm. it was really important. In fact, that's how it originated as, as grave selection. And it developed, so that, so that would be yin to do, so that's to do with afterlife and death and spirit. So that's more yin to yang, which is more life as on a physical plane. And so that became Yang Feng Shui, and that's where it, it developed into the interior of the property. But both schools will look, be looking at the environment. They'll be looking at the landscape. So when you've got a low pan, you can pick out all sorts of information depending on what's, what's in the natural landscape in terms of where your property is. So the facing direction is so important. How many low pans are we talking? Is there, is there an estimate of how many... There are, oh, I've, I've got no idea. I mean, um, you can buy modern ones. I mean, my one I, 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 is fairly modern. I got mine from um, uh, one of my teachers, Raymond Lowe, um, years ago, uh, 30 years ago. But I know other feng shui masters that, have, um, that sell them. But you don't necessarily, I mean, they're not cheap. They're hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And you can get antique ones, which are just mind-blowing. Wow. Because you get a real insight into history. You get a real insight into 
what they were looking for, what they were looking at. I mean, I've, I've seen some, I mean, if I could, I would buy them all. But um, really, I mean, you don't need to be that sort of enthusiastic. You can, you can just measure the compass direction and find out online or, or drop us a, a message and we can look it up for you. And you can find out which which of the 24 mountains, that's what they're called, for this purpose, we're starting at a very beginner's level. So we're not going into great depth here, but it's still very important because what you'd like to do ideally is to avoid any possible clashes. And that's what feng shui is about. So what not to do in feng shui is to buy or develop or rent a property that you're going to be living in for a period of time that directly causes conflict. Because the energy coming into the property, every time you open the front door, every time you cross the threshold, you're stimulating that energy, you're energizing that property. And you're coming, you're coming into a facing direction. So if you're facing conflict, even before you leave the house, it's a no-brainer. You know, it's going to accumulate over time. Whereas mm. if you're in a property that's very um, that combines with you in a harmonious way, without even applying yourself, you're you're already on on a better footing. Mm. I've forgotten the name of it, but you know, if you have like a pole or a tree directly outside your house, it's not very good. That's called a shah. A shah. Yeah, poison arrow. So it's almost as if it's a sharp knife cutting the chi. Well, the the neighbours next door, they're a restaurant and their business generally hasn't been doing very well for about five years since they've opened and they're just closing now, but they've got a, they've got a pole like a um like a light lamp bump lamp post lamp post yeah they've got a lamp post directly <laughs> I love you <laughs> yeah thanks I love you too um they've got a lamp pole <laughs> outside their door and I just thought is it oh. how close how close is it to the main entrance maybe two meters but it's like directly in front yeah so had they maybe consulted a feng shui person they probably would have come up with a few suggestions so again that's a very good point that's something not to do when you're buying or renting or developing a property to live or work in particularly commercially you do want to avoid poison arrows you want to avoid objects that are thin and straight so that could be a tree trunk or a lamppost or telegraph pole anything actually even one more is a road Say you've got a T junction, yeah. Okay. And the base, the base of the T, so not the bar at the top, but the base of the T, so the, okay. is facing your house, is facing your property or your shop or or your business. That is a poison arrow. So that's the, where energy is traveling so quickly, it's gathering momentum, and the first point of impact is you. Now, that means that cheek can be sometimes difficult to harness, so you need to take steps to soften it. Now, poison arrows, you can't really soften it with a bush or anything like that because they're already on top of you. So that's something to avoid when you're looking at property. Don't get a property that's got a poison arrow directly opposite your main entrance. Or if it's a commercial property and you've got no choice, then redevelop the front entrance so that the main entrance is avoiding the poison arrow. It can be to the side, no problem, but you don't want it cutting the chi entering your, the threshold. 
What about if your front door is a different level to the street level? Like if you lived in a basement, for instance, or if you had to walk up a flight of stairs to your front door? Hmm, interesting. Well, looking at landscape school, we would have um, something known as the phoenix at the front of the property. Now, ideally, the phoenix would be an open space with a sort of low mound there. So like a little bit like, a. did did we talk about the armchair configuration in landscape school? I don't think so. Let's just recap that. One of the schools of feng shui, which is linking back to the low pan, so that's good call, Chloe, is um, you've got four celestial animals. So at the back of the, so it's almost like an armchair configuration. You would like your property to be nestled into the landscape where the back of the property has a solid structure. That's the first one I'd I'd be looking at because without- What do you mean a solid structure? So it could be ideally a mountain. Oh, okay. But, but not every city has mountains here, you know, dotted all over the place. So, so you can look at other properties because they're solid. So what you're trying to avoid, look at the back of the property. Is the ground going up or is the ground declining? Then you look at, is there a solid structure? Is there something that will contain the chi? Just like mm. a backrest in a chair. That's your celestial turtle or tortoise. To the left and to the right, you've got your celestial dragon and your celestial tiger. Now, ideally, to the left, you'll have a slightly higher boundary or property or solid structure, mountain in traditional Chinese or traditional feng shui. That would be your dragon. So that would be more auspicious than having a more domineering tiger energy. Ideally, you'd have both there for your armrests. Mm. But if they're equal, no problem. But if the tiger's slightly edgier and, and more dominant, than the dragon, you could have problems with your neighbours. Mm. And I've, come, I've, honest to God, I've done loads of properties where that's been the case, and mm. it's been extraordinary. And there are things you can do. So going back to the front of the property, and, and this does apply to basements as well. You need an open space. The bigger and more open the space, the better. Ideally, you'd be facing south because traditionally that would be the energy associated with the phoenix. So you've got your celestial phoenix. It doesn't have to face south, but if it does, it's a little bit more auspicious. If you haven't got a big surface area, then the energy of the phoenix will be slightly compromised, just like if you had a tiger, a celestial tiger that was more domineering than the celestial um, dragon. But it's not the end of the world. The one that's a real problem is having a weak tortoise, having a weak structure at the back. And just think about it. If you're in an armchair, it doesn't matter too much if you haven't got an armrest. It doesn't matter too much if you haven't got a footrest. But it makes a big difference if you can't lean or if you lean back. There's no backrest. You're gonna it's it's unstable, you're gonna topple back. And it's the same for property. You want the property to nestle into the back, the landscape with support. So one of the things not to have in feng shui or properties not to go for in feng shui are ones that have the, the back of the property declining away. So if you if you can, you need to turn it around. So that means turning the back of the house into your main entrance. Yeah, that makes sense. That paints in quite a nice picture. So I looked up 
what should you not do in feng shui i've just done like a google search and it's given me a few examples some kind of speak for themselves like clutter sure but then one of them that i've heard is you should avoid greenery in the bedroom i think that's like living plants what's your take on that That's a well, well, you know, it's true. I, I mean, I haven't got plants in my bedroom. I've got lots of imagery of plants. But to be honest, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, there's probably some school of feng shui that's going to shriek in horror. <laughs> but um, I don't have a problem with it. I love plants. I mean, I want more plants. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. Next one. Mirrors improperly placed in the foyer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. That, yeah. So mirrors can reflect light. Okay. If you imagine light as being yang energy, okay. if you've got one opposite your front door, the theory says that you're going to reflect that light or that energy, that chi, back through the door. Okay. So something not to do in feng shui is to hang a mirror directly opposite your main entrance. But if you're clever, you can. You don't have to put it at 180 degrees opposite the main entrance. You can put it at 90 degrees, mm. so it's on the wall, so it reflects the light into the property. So that's perfectly fine. Mm. I mean, you know, that's there's no problem with that. And also, if if you're standing in front of the mirror, then um, you you're going to have better light on the 90 degree angle than you will on 180. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I've I've heard that the mirror placement can be bad. And well, think of mirror. I mean, mirrors can be very useful. In fact, they're used quite a lot in in cures. For example, not every building is a perfect square or a perfect rectangle. Lots of buildings have different shapes. In fact, different shaped buildings carry different energies. So, a square building would carry a stronger earth element. Rectangular and shaped building. Do you remember where Munster Road? Do you remember how long and thin that was? Yeah, it was really narrow. Yeah, that's a wood energy, just like um, the trunk of a tree. It's a rectangular shape. Mm. So that carries wood energy. A fire property will have lots of sharp angles, quite uh, triangular. Metal, lots of curves, so domes, um, curved entrances, um, you know, banks have a lot of curved entrances things like that so dome ceilings round shapes that carries metal energy Mm. and water is very irregular so um i find that really interesting um but what was the question (laughs) (laughs) oh mirrors mirrors. we were talking about mirrors (laughs) (laughs) so funny so mirrors can be used as a cure so say you've got a property that's not perfect rectangle or square or triangle whatever you've got a sector missing you can actually use mirrors on that missing sector to if you like to replace the missing energy so it's if the mirror sort of reflects the opposite size and gives the impression of um expansion or a a bigger space so i do know some feng shui practitioners that do use that as cures so say you've got your northeast sector is missing so there's disharmony there's lack of peace there's lack of quiet it's noisy it's no one's keeping still everyone's too yang, too boisterous. When they hang mirrors to 
to reflect and to reproduce or to give the impression of, of an expa- expanded northeast sector, there's greater peace and quiet and solitude and, and things in, in the family, things calm down. So mirrors can be used quite effectively in feng shui, but it's, it's in, it, you have to consider what are you reflecting. Mm. You don't want to reflect your body if your head's cut off, you know, if oh, the yeah, mirror's too low down. That. Yeah. Also you, don't mirror- want, you don't want mirrors that like, you know, like that. Mirror tiles. Yeah, yeah. tiles. I was just about to say that. Well done. Yeah, because that's, that's again, going back to poison arrows, that's like a, 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 oh. a, a you know, a, 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 a sharp edge cutting across your reflections. That's not, yeah. you know, it's not favourable. It, 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 it implies something to the subconscious. So that's the theory behind that. Mm-hmm. So don't cut body parts off and uh, in terms of a reflection, not just and in, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> but yeah, don't don't do that and don't reflect chi straight out the front door. Mm. And and funny enough, um, people laugh about bedrooms, but your mirrors in the bedroom are fine if you want to reflect something. But if you're reflecting um, a mess, you know, if you've got an untidy bedroom and you, you're reflecting that, you're only going to increase that feeling of, oh, my God. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We've, we've got um, open wardrobes and our mirror reflects one of the open wardrobes. So when you're looking at yourself, you're seeing all of this yeah, so, so, clutter. Yeah, so see if you if there's some way of making that prettier, you know, um, have maybe some fabric or something just so that the background is softer. And it, honestly, it'll, it'll do miracles for your subconscious because you won't be feeling sort of um so because you're metal so you like order i mean mm. water people like me won't care <laughs> no <laughs> mom's just looking around at her personal yep. clutter <laughs> okay another one that i've got here that i hear quite a lot is that you should avoid a bed on the same wall as your door have you heard of that one well, one of the things I was taught when I was studying was um, it's it's not advisable to put your to place your bed with your feet facing the front door or facing the entrance to the bedroom. Okay. And the reason for that is is in China when you die they carry the body out feet first. So oh yeah, so to 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 have your feet opposite a bed a, a, a doorway is uh, suggestive of encouraging death. Now. You know, but there's another thing as well, which is called um, a blast from the door, which is um, which I think is important because going back to the subconscious, if your bed is placed in such a position that you are easily seen from the entrance, that will cause some disturbance to your sleep, even even if you think you're a deep sleeper. And the reason for that is because you're vulnerable. So in feng shui terms, they call it from a blast from the door. So chi entering that, that doorway is going, the first point of impact will be you in bed. Now, if you're asleep and vulnerable, then what if that, that, that chi was generated by an intruder? So you've got no way of protecting yourself or preparing yourself. You might hear a slight noise and you might move in bed, but the intruder's well aware because they can see from a distance what you're up to. So in terms of feng shui, that's one of the things to avoid is is to move the bed away from the blast from the door, away from the easily being seen from the entrance. 
But I mean, if you put your the base of your head adjacent to the door, so you you were not in view. I don't really see that being a problem, but I could be wrong. There could be lots of feng shui schools that can explain why that's not a good idea. Another thing I've just considered is um, plumbing. You know, if you've got an ensuite bathroom, do not put your base of the head, your head part of the bed against the plumbing mm. because, you know, that's going to disturb your sleep as well. And you've got a lot of movement, water movement through the pipes and particularly old houses, they could be knocking and things like that. So that could disturb sleep. An outside wall, one of the things I was taught was um, if you were to put your head against an outside wall, then that's going to disturb sleep because your subconscious or your spirit, when it starts to wander in your dreams, it's going to fall fall out of the bed and outside. You know, I don't know. Some of that sounds a little bit corny. But I think it's more important to look at the energies that are available in that direction because that's something you can't possibly change. East is east, south is south. So how does that affect you? If Is, is that a good energy for you? Then when you place your bed in, the, in, place your bed in a direction that's not in conflict, so, um, so something that creates greater harmony because – if you're going to be in in bed between six and eight hours a night every night, that's a big chunk mm. of time. That's mm. got a lot of uh, energy. And another thing, um, beams or fans, it's best to avoid those immediately over the bed as well. I mean, sometimes you oh, can't really? avoid it. Yeah, because Sha Chi. Well, poison arrows, if you've got an old property that's in, particularly in England where you've got beams in, in the ceiling, the theory is that um, they become poison arrows. So cheese running along those very oh. quickly and they could be cutting across the body. Yeah. So in that situation, I'd recommend something to do with fabric. So if, if you can afford it, get yourself a nice sort of modern four poster where you can drape fabric so that you're in a little cocoon of loveliness. Mm. I mean, if you can't afford it, then see if you can drape something on the ceiling just so that it's, I mean, you can get some beautiful fabrics and as long as you regularly clean them, they're not going to get too dusty mm. and um, that could give you a, a greater night's sleep. Is there anything else that you really think that you should not do in feng shui? Yeah, there's, 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 there's definitely one thing I really recommend. What's that? And um, that is if if you do decide you're going to do a renovation or if you're deciding to do some sort of changes in the home, doesn't big or small, definitely, definitely, definitely avoid Mountain Star 5. And in fact, there's a few of the others as well, but Mountain Star 5, Mountain Star 5 or just even Water Star 5, anything to do with um, the Flying Star 5 is to be avoided because that's the star of misfortune. And I did have a client, beautiful couple, and they did activate the 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 flying star five when they had their basement. When they decided they were going to do a basement, and what it did, it was in the north, and it opened up a whole can of worms, and they ended up with lots and lots of water disasters. I won't go into details out of respect to them. But it really did emphasise the the dangers, or it, it reiterated to me 
how important it is not to activate the star of misfortune in in renovations and there's other stars as well there's um but i've got a chart here i've got a star for 2021 and i can read um some of the things to avoid but i mean there's lots and lots of stars some are better than others how do you know if you're tapping into the star five thing? When things go wrong. And the oh. thing is, you can't reverse it. I mean, so, uh, my teacher says, um, whenever you hear of, of people that don't say, oh, full show is a little rubbish, don't do it. Um, I don't believe in it. He says to them, um, okay, if you don't believe in it, just activate flying star five. <laughs> and he tells them what to do and how to do it and how to stimulate. No. And then, yeah, but that's naughty because you can't reverse it. Yeah, I mean, it could go on for a while, you know, and it's 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 relative to the individual. It's it, it's the misfortune for the individual or for the people in in that property. So, and he's like, oh yeah, they soon come round, but you can't reverse it. I just want to get a book because there's some other stars I want to go on. I mean, you might decide to cut it out because I think I know we're nearing the end. Found it. So, the thing to avoid would be the flying star number five. And that does move around every year. So at the moment, in 2021, the Flying Star 5 is is located in the southeast. Now, for this lady, one of the things I would like to do is stimulate the energy in the southeast, but I would avoid doing it this year. Mm. We can do it next year, no problem. But this year, keep the southeast nice and quiet because otherwise you could provoke some unfavorable chi that's not going to help your wealth and prosperity it could actually take your wealth and prosperity away and more mm. so just leave the southeast nice and quiet this year now another energy that we should avoid overstimulating is the east sector during 2021 because here we've got a pattern of stars called the three killings Oh God. And yeah, it sounds great, doesn't it? But <laughs> again, it moves around. It's not always in the east. It's just this year, this particular pattern of stars is in, in the east. And it says here it could um, be stimulated by renovations. So you can, you can sit in it, you can spend time in it, but just um, don't bang holes in the walls, don't knock things down, don't break things, you know, just, just keep it nice and quiet. Was that south? Uh, that's in the east this year. East. Okay. Yeah. So the five yellow is in the southeast. And then we've got the year breaker in the southwest one. So that's um, another direction to avoid. And I can actually tell you the compass degree, which is 223 to 225. Mia says hello. The cat was just smelling your head. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a nice smelly head. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got another one. The Grand Duke is in Northeast One, which is. Oh, God, even with a magnifying glass, I can barely read it. <laughs> it is. My glasses. I know. Shush. You can get some really cool, trendy ones, you know. 24 degrees. I'm trendy without glasses. Yeah. 24 degrees. <laughs> A bit of spice. <laughs> 24 to Go on, 38. You can get 38. <laughs> Sniff my head, kitty, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> 
So these are things in 2021 just to be a little bit more careful about. And just so that it's clear to everyone, when you say overstimulate a certain direction, what do you mean by that? Good point. So um, that's uh, renovations, knocking holes. So even banging a nail in the wall would be stimulating because you're like acupuncture you're going to be moving the chi uh, another we call it groundbreaking so uh, another thing would be moving the furniture so by moving oh, the furniture okay. you're going to be disturbing the energies so you know it's really important for spring cleaning it's good to to do groundbreaking it's good to move the furniture and clean and put it all back and stuff like that and there's a third method of groundbreaking now we use this in tong shoes just like acupuncture for the body you can do acupuncture for the property so if you wanted say to really boost the energy on a particular day or a particular time for a particular reason you can actually do groundbreaking so that's acupuncture for the wall or the ceiling or the floor moving the furniture or the third method is the water method now personally i try and avoid it i mean that we experimented I you probably remember when yeah it we got what we i got what i wanted which was great for wealth and prosperity but boy oh boy do were there side effects particularly for you and i because i'm strong water and you're strong metal so both of us were like so sensitive to the water method what we did exactly was mum's got a really large very large vase that can hold gallons yeah it's like a yeah it's like it's like a water butt yes it's it's ceramic but it's big it's the biggest vase ever and we basically put it in a specific area of the house and usually it's empty in fact our cat like to sit at a mirror. And um, this time we filled it up to the brim with water, which would have taken us ages to do. And mum and I don't really have any conflict, and we were living together at the time. And um, we filled it up, and we were just, we just really didn't like each other for a <laughs> while. It was really weird, really weird. And one of we us had- just came to, and we were just like, this has been happening since that's happened and we were like oh and then we did it again and the same thing happened it was such a contrast it was such strong emotion just to summarize so when you say move the furniture and you're talking about a specific direction do you mean move the furniture to that direction no say your city is located in the south Okay. And you find out on a certain date at a certain time, if you activate the self, you could increase your wealth and prosperity. There's no clashes, mm-hmm. just combinations, but you need to do groundbreaking. So you've got a couple of options. You could get a nail and a hammer and bang a hole in somewhere in the self sector, on the ceiling, on the wall or the floor. That's one mm-hmm. way of doing it. The other way is to get your hold of your settee and with a friend, move it, really move it, not just an inch, like move it, then right. clean it, clean behind it, cleaned around it and um, under it, and then put it back. And just, oh, and, okay. and, and then that you've, what you've done is energize that area. You've stimulated the chi. Right. So there's no chi stagnation. You've made, and it's also really important for the subconscious because if you wanted to, 
kind of impress the subconscious, you need to do something physical. So you need to do, you need something that's an action. Now you could write it down. That's moving a pen across a piece of paper, but to actually move a physical object and then move it back is making a statement. This is, is mm. you're you're make, taking an aspiration and saying, yes, I want to do it. So in order to do it, I'm going to perform this action. And that is, is going to make that intention that or aspiration that much more real. And that mm. has a big impact on the subconscious, but it is still feng shui. I reckon it's time for our new feature that has no jingle at the moment. What's that astrology? <laughs> I don't We've got an example, I believe. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so the date of birth that I've got yeah. is the 11th of August, 1977. And this woman was born at 7.50am in Queens. So am I saying that in the Welsh accent or am I just really far off? Quiz. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> no, quiz. I can't do it. I, I wouldn't even try. Quiz. 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 You do your calculations. I'm going to find out how to speak in Welsh. <laughs> okay, well, I've done it. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I know it's going to haunt you for days, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, I think you'll get on very well with this girl because she has Yang Metal as her self-element. And it's very strong as she was born during month of a very strong monkey. She also has Yang Metal in her hour of birth. And lots of harmonious combinations of energy, actually. There's a dragon, there's a rat and a monkey, all three combined to create the water element. And she's born in the year of yin fire over the snake. So yin fire doesn't clash or combine with anything, but it does tell me that there is a certain degree of sort of vulnerability, just like a candle. Can you imagine a candle, small fire, if it's in a sort of difficult environment, then there's a risk of it blowing out. You know, it doesn't take a lot to blow out a candle. So, But if it was contained in a some form of protection, such as a lamp, you can blow at the lamp for as long as you want. As long as there's fuel, it's going to carry on. So what this lady would benefit from is a little bit of the wood energy because we know that wood nourishes fire fuels a fire. She's got plenty of earth, she's got plenty of metal, and she's got plenty of the water element, but she's missing the wood element. And did you say that she was looking for more balance in her life? Mm, yeah, that's right. So she said, I've looked online at my chart, but it's very complicated. There seems to be conflict. And I would love to have mine looked at you by, by you on the show to see if I can balance it in some way. Okay. Well, the good news is I don't see much in the way of conflict, if anything, in the way of conflict. In fact, I see lots and lots of harmony, but I do see an imbalance. So so I would certainly recommend some uh, wood energy within the environment of her feng shui. 
And the reason for that is because we've got this this strong fire energy within her year of birth, yin fire over the snake. The snake carries fire energy. And within the snake, there's also stars of earth and metal. Now, to open that energy up and to make that energy available, you would have to have something that's going to either clash against the snake, such as this pig. So going back to what we were saying earlier, she should avoid living opposite uh, in a direction that is to do with the pig, which I can tell her now is northwest three. By avoiding that direction, she'll have things will be a bit easier. But the energy of the snake is going to react to her month of birth, where we've got the monkey, and inside the monkey we've got water, yang metal, and yang earth. And the monkey and the snake react to each other, so they that energies open up. So it makes the fire energy that in her year of birth a little bit vulnerable. So the, by having some wood, so that means looking at what's in the east of her property looking at what's in the southeast of her property. This is energy that relates to her prosperity because as a metal person, the element that is associated with career is water, and that's strong in her chart. It is strong, and um, looking at her current luck pillar, there's big water, so she's in a luck pillar to do with water, so the water energy is very strong. So that's to do with business opportunities. So business opportunities should be fairly strong around her, or she may have an industry relating to the water elements, such as shipping or something to do with fluids. Um, could be alcohol if she's in hospitality. It could be um, communication, having because um, energy, water energy flows very freely. It could be environmental. I'll be interested if she tells me, because that could be another way of looking at rebalancing her chart. But what she's missing in her chart is the wood energy. And that is important. Apart from things that she can do in the house, would it would she benefit from walking in the woods? Yeah, or spending time in nature. Also, her, the wood energy may be available in her partner. Mm. So she could have a partner that has strong wood energy or water and wood. But yeah, spending time in nature, spending time with trees. I mean, in, in Japan, there's such a thing as tree bathing, mm. where you literally just go in a forest and just <gasps> breathe it in. Beautiful. Yeah, I was reading on that. It's, it's crazy. Like the trees literally are giving out certain chemicals that are communicating to one another. But when we breathe them in, we're benefiting from it so much. Like the, it's, it's chemistry. Do you remember when we went to um, Lapland? Do you remember yeah. how happy we all were? Yeah, we were really euphoric. But that's the they were saying that on the trip that the tree the trees there emit um, such pure oxygen, but it, it, everybody is it's almost like happy gas. You know, everybody's mm. happy. Well, it was really beautiful. We were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember um, there was hardly any sunlight, so the snow was like powder like you know if you try to clump it in your hands to make a snowball it just wasn't happening there was, was just like no... sugar yeah it was like sugar it was really weird it's like do you remember the, how sparkly it was it was like narnia yeah it was really special well in that environment there you've got the snow and the ice and the sort of that comes under the metal element but you've got lots of trees as well so i would definitely suggest um the wood element for this lady, I think that would give her, particularly yin wood, because yin wood combines with yang metal, yang wood can clash. So 
it, I think it, she would benefit from having plants in her environment, fresh flowers, taking walks in in natural landscape, painting, maybe getting into holistic healing because that comes under yin wood, music, playing music. Oh, my God. I uh, One of my clients, his wife was really ill. She was quite elderly, but she was really, really ill and she ended up in a coma. And she was in this coma for a long, long time. And uh, and and she also was young metal and, and he was really at his wit's end and he said, what should I do? And we suggested playing music and we played, or he played her favourite music and she, she, she did come back. So yeah. it's about giving a balance of energy. I'm not saying everybody's going to respond in that way, but it, it it was something that was very effective for that person at that time during that combination of different energies. So I think this lady would certainly get greater balance in her life by pursuing wood creativity. So all sorts of things, books, books are made of paper. So she could try reading or writing or doing something that allows her to sort of exercise their imagination and creativity these are all outlets and and also ways of encouraging what we would like our intention to bring that intention forward now for this lady wood energy has a, an added bonus because it's to do with wealth and prosperity so by increasing the wood energy within her natural environment as a as a natural byproduct she's going to be increasing opportunities for better wealth and prosperity so that would definitely be my advice. But she's got a very strong chart. There's no obvious clashes. In fact, I see lots and lots of combinations. And um, and and I'd be really happy to to look at, you know, her feng shui or give her further advice if she'd like me to. Brilliant. Well, thank you for that. Thank you so much, everybody that is listening. It means the world to us that you're here listening to us. Definitely does. Thank you. Yep. Again, anything else you want to add? To that? <laughs> no. It's always a full stop with you at the end, isn't it? <laughs> that noise is the cat, by the way, just walking over everything. If anybody was wondering, clatter. Yeah, she's upset that I've stolen her seat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you very much, Chloe. And thank you for organising everything. And thank you, everybody who's listened. And obviously, if there's any queries or questions, I'll be happy to answer. And um, I'll leave Chloe in charge of everything because she is in charge. <laughs> we look forward to welcoming you next time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.